Gary Newman! What? Hey, lads, bloody hell. <laughs> I forgot it was the show. How are you doing? I didn't realise you were sat there waiting. We've got a full tank of petrol and wearing sunglasses. Oh, I'm on my holidays. Yeah, and an omission from God. <laughs> I'm in the Caribbean. Where are you? Like, are you, are you like still at home? I'm just having a cheeky beer. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? And Phil, you're I'm not having any beer. Oh, well, no, no, you're, not, you're, you're off <laughs> the alcohol, Phil. After the week you've had, Phil. Yeah. Crikey, O'Reilly. Oliver Reed would be off it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Wales, it's done it to me. It has. Yeah, it always does. Though. It always does. It always yeah. does, but it's a summer special. It's a summer's evening. Well, that's why I thought I'd sit outside. What a glorious evening it is. It's warm, it's hot, it's sunny. Oh, we're, we're in great company, but not only are we in great company, but we also have an amazing, we say this every single episode, but good God, the array of music we have tonight is absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. And most of it, again, is from inside the Pulsate and Only Human community. So this is from... 90% of this is from people within the community, but from around the world, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah we, we, Pulsate really is, uh, is, is a community. It is obviously from our roots in North Wales and Chester, but growing out you know, across, across the world. We got tracks from um, well, Scotland and uh, USA and uh, Sweden, to name a few. Yeah. And we might even have one from. Um, uh, well, not Wales, not Wales anymore, because you've gone home, Phil. Uh, but it was Wales earlier. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but from um, Shropshire. Deepest Leicestershire. 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 <laughs> same, same difference, <laughs> isn't it? Leicestershire. Sorry, I should have jumped in there. Yeah, Leicestershire. Yeah, same difference. Yeah, yeah right. East side. <laughs> and you've got your Moog t-shirt on tonight as well. Did I pronounce that correctly? Moog. I have, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's about 15 years old, so it's about to fall off my back. It's that moth-eaten, but yeah. It's probably about yeah. the same as my shirt. I'll do no swap. <laughs> I love that shirt. Uh, that, that's right up my street. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, why don't we kick into some music? We've got, an, honestly, an amazing array of stuff tonight. So Martin's bookended this beautifully. So we've got two songs that are outside of our community tonight to bookend the whole thing. Inside that bookending, we've got an array of stuff from all sorts of people. Some names you'll recognise, some names you won't, but all people who are connected to yeah. us all throughout. So let's just dive into one and we'll have a chat about it on the other side. So this is I Break Horses. This is Faith.
Wow. I don't know what else to say. Anything else but just wow. What a way to start the show. That was uh, I Break Horses Faith. Good heavens above. I'm not going to say anything until I let you guys have a chat about that. Martin, where do we find these from? They're amazing. Uh, I think it was one of my Shazams again. Um, listening to Netflix, you know, particularly um, during the lockdown period of, uh, you know, January, February, March. Um, and uh, I've got two of their albums now. And they are, uh, I went out for a walk a few months ago and I had the whole out one of these albums on um uh and uh, I thought oh this is this is this is good stuff this is really good electronica so uh, yeah that's that's where they that's how I think that's how I got them um and found them I don't know much about them to be honest it's a, it's an amazing song though Phil isn't it I mean the, the bass line inside that was astonishing yeah um the bass working with the drums as well I've got a feeling of the craft work sort of trans europe yeah. express with the with the trainish rhythm and then different aspects of wheel of craft work going through it like um rising arpeggios like a and then um a, a voice was fantastic a real um i tell you what it reminded me of as well so you've got a background of sort of craft work ish but when a voice come in it felt a bit arcade fire-ish hey. to me oh. um, yeah. yeah and the way yeah. And the way she way she delivered it, and that bit like that Regina of Arcade Fire, and well, well, I've, the interesting lyrics. My, my, yeah, go on, Martin. What, what I thought was uh, the, the band uh, Liverpool band called Ladies Rom, and I've I've, ju- I've just bought another album yeah. of Ladies Rom, which we might actually have the sh- on the show soon because I think that's a good shout out. But I thought, hey, that just sounds a bit like Lady Tron if you if you guys know know them. I don't, but I'm gonna look them up now. Yeah, I've heard a little bit of Ladies Rom. Yeah, see what you yeah. where you're coming from yeah. there. And that distorted mane as well was just fantastic. It was just the way that, that, that I, and I would love to know what this was made on, how they actually created the sounds inside this, because the whole thing just, it was, it was just brilliant. I mean, that, that I wrote at the end yeah. of that, this, this could chart. This, this, this is just such a good song. This really may, could chart. I think it may, well, uh, yeah. I think it may have done, well, it might, well, I think, well, they, I think they had a, <laughs> think the thing they had a video on it, uh, but there's definitely some retro drum machines in there somewhere, and you know, eighties yeah, drum machines. Is. Yeah, you can probably hear a bit yeah, of background noise good. here. There's the occasional ambulance and uh, police car racing past because I'm, uh, I'm in <laughs> deepest Caribbean. There's all sorts going on in the background. There's like a riot over there, and I'm not I'm in roast on sea. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, I thought they had a token. <laughs> yeah. Two can play uh, two that can, game. Two can play two that. Can. Hey! <laughs> well, that was amazing. You, you line them up. You line them up, Phil. <laughs> uh, but that was amazing. So, where can we find a little bit more of uh, I Break Horses? Is it Bandcamp, the usual, the usual spotting place? Uh, no, um, they're iBreakHorses.se. So, SE is okay. obviously the, the Swedish uh, domain. Yeah. So yeah, that's so that go and find them, yeah. and, and obviously yeah, that they've got a YouTube channel, so just search for I Break Horses. Yeah. But yeah, awesome band. Um, uh, yeah. I've got two of their albums. I think there's another one, and I'm going to get that soon as well. Superb. Brilliant. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going to start jumping into the community now. So we've got, uh, well, it's, it's a good old Pulsate radio stalwart. It's our dear friend, John oh, yeah. Diamond, yep. um, with another yeah. great Johnny Diamond song. He is just so good at writing yeah. this type of stuff. And he's a, you know, he's a proper singer songwriter, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So let's jump in. Yeah, this Diamond is... geezer. Diamond geezer. He is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's dive in. This is Johnny Diamond, uh, a new romantic on Love Street. I 
Yeah, it's another Johnny classic. He always pops out a belter every single time he knows a Johnny Diamond. It's going to be an absolute corker, isn't it, Phil? Come on. What another corker that was. Yeah, it was. Because it's, it's called New Romance uh, uh, on Love Street. And it's got a great New Romantic 80s feel to it. Yeah. And uh, mm. he's been using recently a, a mate to do the drums. I can't, unfortunately, I can't remember his friend's name. But this, I think, has gone back to his old Yamaha RX drum machine. And it's given it that authentic 80s sound um, with his, um, he's got some like real um, Nick Rhodes arpeggios and chords going on there. But what I noticed, and Johnny Diamond's good at this, he's tackling some issues in his lyrics there as well, going on about the makeup in the past and how people were thought of, he must be gay just because he's got makeup on and the issues that are on there. And he's tackling those issues. Johnny Diamond is never afraid to be a little bit, you know, um, direct and have a bit of a message in his songs, I always find. Um, brilliantly crafted song. And, Sorry, uh, just, just striking me pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Not now, Arthur. Not now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> There's always one, usually Martin. Martin, what did you think of that song? Well, you know, it, it, was, it was annoying me. Uh, it's a great song, but I thought, I know this... It's chord progression. I thought, what mm. is it? And it's, it's uh, Echo Beach by Martha and the Muffins. Oh, ah, right. right. Yeah. Listen to the chord progression. And ah. yeah, not not you know, not saying that uh, it you know it, it sounds like, but certainly the chord yeah. progression. So hang on, that that sounds very familiar, which is obviously a very retro uh, '80s sound. Yeah. Um, uh, something I I know being playing and we play it in, the, in our band. So I thought. I don't recognise that, but obviously great vocal harmonies as well. And um, yeah, and I think in his lyrics, he said all, all those many years ago and things like that. And uh, there's a track I used to love, which uses those same sort of lyrics uh, by a, uh, a band called B Movie, uh, Remem- Remembrance Day, um, back in the eighties. Uh, yeah. so in the forest, in the snow, yeah. all those many years ago, and many maybe not the ago. same. That was a yeah. track. Yeah, uh, brilliant. I loved. Used to love B Movie. Um, they never did anything but uh, yeah so there's a bit of a reference there to b movie and Martha the muffins yeah, yeah. My, my kids love the b movie but i think it's a different thing altogether uh yeah but yeah yeah it's um yeah yeah i get where you're coming from uh yeah but it is a great great piece of music again um as always um so and, and again and again you know if you listen to a lot of the songs tonight these in fact, I think maybe nearly all of them, apart from maybe the first one and maybe the last one, this is one person creating this music. So these are one man or one person bands. Yeah. So again, uh, yeah. Not, yeah. I think are. it's getting yeah. better, better. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it's extraordinary, really, yeah. if you think about it. Back to an old one person band used to be. A... And you have your thing on your back and your cymbals and all the rest of it. But now you're actually able, as a sing, as one person, to create a whole like an album of music on your oh, yeah. own in, in a room it's in, in your bedroom yeah. in your studio you know many i, I think uh re- reference david gray for instance uh mm. his uh his very first album which went uh massive was done was done in his uh, bedroom at the time really? and as, apparently if you listen to close to um is it white is it white flag no mm. white flag no what you can hear um, his mum knocking on the door white ladder the tea Something like that, yeah. Then you, mm. you can hear the traffic yeah. apparently if you listen closely. After the, <laughs> really? so, so yeah, you, no, yeah. yeah. He was talking about this uh, on, on radio two the other a uh, few weeks ago, right. and that, you see, if you actually can listen, you listen closely enough to which was a phenomenal, you know, multi-million pound, multi-million um, selling album. You know, he recorded in his bedroom literally with 
you know, obviously, if you're using a decent microphone, it's going to pick up sounds yeah. in the background. So yeah, so yeah, this is but this but today, this is what people are doing. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, yeah, it's amazing. And, it's so accessible yeah. to absolutely everybody now. And you don't need. Uh, as I show, you know, show Phil uh, the other day. You, everything I do is in. I show. Sorry, is in my box, which is mm. just my PC. That's yeah. what I do. Mm. And you don't need to ha have a large space to actually to actually you know write all this material. Okay, yeah. if you're a guitarist and you can have a few more guitars. Uh, if you want to reuse analog synths, yeah, but you you can literally just record things, or it, even down. Obviously, we know down down to a an iPad or an iPhone. It's, it could be that small. Yeah, it could be a studio. We have had songs on in the past which are made purely on an iPhone. Yeah, um, yeah which is yeah. again yeah. an extraordinary achievement. Anyway, amazing song again. Thank you very much indeed, Johnny Diamond. Uh, we love your stuff and just uh, yeah. to send us more and more and more. Uh, right, we're going to move on. Next up, we've got it's one of my it's one of my favourites. I absolutely love Eromnium Three. Anything they, I mm. just love Eromnium Three. Just amazing. Yeah, I thought we have on the show again because uh, you know um, uh, there's such uh, this, is, this is such a great album. Uh, absolutely. Now I'm not sure which bits the album is. Dark Machine of the album. I think it is. Dark Machina is the album, yeah. It is, right. Yeah. Okay, so this is a Romnium 3 off the album Dark Machina. This is Digital Fura Sleep Replicating Robots.
in seeing yourself as part of a grander process that leads the cosmos from low complexity towards higher complexity. I have no doubt in my mind. Romnim 3, uh, Digital Führer, sleep replicating robots. I don't know what to say apart from just that was just right, right up my alley. That really was. Uh, Phil, how did you find that? Yeah, it's uh, like the previous track that they um, put on. It's got a really interesting vocal sample all the way through, like a sci-fi mm. um, thing about how to space and things like you say, replicating themselves and stuff like that. And uh, with a really strange sort of foreign accent. Um, I know the guys are from Scotland, but it wasn't a Scottish accent. No. It was, uh, it was some sort of Eastern European or something. And then uh, there's soundscapes, I think, and they describe them as that. Loads of organic sounding samples and all sorts of stuff. And synths in there. It's a real fantastic mix that they do ever so well. And it's really nice to hear that this is a slightly more musical track than their previous one, yeah. which was a little bit more challenging than this one. I found this a bit more accessible, but yeah. still got that edge to it. Absolutely. Did you yeah. spot a little bit of, I hate to say the, 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 the GN word, but did you spot a bit of Gary Newman in there? Again, was it just me? It quite often yeah. is just me. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just me again. <laughs> well, you still take the tablets for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I'll start again. <laughs> so anyway, on to you, Martin. What did Gary you Newman. think? <laughs> yeah, well, well I, I messaged the guys, and apparently they um, they searched out some talks, lectures, and from TV programs. And this oh, one, right. this uh, this particular track was a, le a lecture of a scientist about artificial intelligence, right? Uh, and how we would evolve, how we would evolve. Uh, expand into reach onto other planets. So, really, um, which is quite, which is a. I've actually just finished a track called Artificial Intelligence with, um, uh, which I, I think I shared you guys, and which hopefully will come on the show in the next uh, few shows' time. Um, but yeah, so that's that was the premise behind it. Um, I I thought I thought it was a very Depeche Mode, dark sort of uh, Depeche mm. Mode, sort of late 80s, 90s to me, uh, where all the sampling sort of came in. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. yeah. That baseline was just um, yeah, yeah. The baseline was, was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseline yeah. was amazing. So was, not not yeah. um, not not not, not going in them. Uh, no, no, afraid no. not. No. <laughs> right. Just, anyway. just move. Just move on, Jules. He's, he ain't gonna. He ain't gonna contact you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a right huff. He's in a right huff. He really is. Uh, so anyway, that was amazing. Romnum three. Um, so uh, obviously the, the the Dark Machine or album is that is that a, a uh, Bandcamp album that we can find? Yeah, um, Romnum three at Bandcamp.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think you can find it on there. Yeah. Superb. Again, any more stuff at Romnum three? Please do send that through because uh, we just love every song that you do. It's just absolutely astounding. Uh, so we're coming on to yet another of our favourites from the show. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. I'll do the joke before I say the name. Lift me up. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's our good friends Minimums, Minimums uh, and let's just jump into mm. it because this is just awesome. Uh, this is Minimums hiatus.
Ah, anything by minimums is just awesome. But minimums hiatus, that was absolutely amazing. And I've got a comparison for it. And you really shouldn't compare. I hate comparing things to other things, uh, especially when it's about your your minimum, because you shouldn't compare your minimum to anything. You've only got one unique minimum. So, you know, leave those be. But uh, that said, uh, Susie and the Banshees, um, Cities in Dust. Mm. Now, now is it just me again? I don't, don't know the trap. I don't know the trap. I don't know the trap. I obviously know Susan and Banshees, but um, well, no, it starts I, I have off. Got, I've got a different comparison. But oh, go right. On. Well, it starts off mm. with like a. Well remembered. Quite well. I had to. I did have to yeah. actually listen to yeah. a little bit earlier on Spotify just to remind myself. But I knew it reminded me of something, and it was Susie and the Banshees, Cities and Dust, which is a great song anyway. So just pick it up. Mm. Um, and it's not that again. Well, it's trying to replicate that. It's just that I felt that influence inside there. So anyway, sorry. Go on, Phil. Yeah. What was that? Cities and bust. Cities in dust. Not 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 dust. Oh, cities, cities in dust. Yeah, not cities and bust. <laughs> <laughs> We'll edit that you bit out. Stitch me up there, <laughs> anyway, no. anyway um, yeah, well, I'm a sucker for a temple bell. And the beginning of it mm. sounded like a load of cascading temple bells. Yeah. And then uh, this sounded, I've heard, we've heard a few minimums tracks now on the, uh, on the show. And this felt out of really good structured feel to it. Hmm. Some great samples in there because I like temple bells because I like this meditation type music. And this had a lot of that element to it, but it never crossed the border into new age yeah. naffness. Never did. Yeah. It had kept its cool. But if you know what I mean, yeah. it could have gone mm. pan pipey mm. or whatever, but it didn't. It remained ice cool. <laughs> Don't bring and, the pan pipes up but again. Still got the. <laughs> no. Pan pipe gate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it could have had uh, you know it could have gone that way but it didn't so it was uh, marvellous I really it enjoyed really, listening to that it was it was beautiful and the, uh, there was some fantastic uh, piano arps inside there and then there was that lovely yeah. sweeping pad that just sat underneath so subtly all the way through it it was, like, it was just absolutely beautiful exactly wasn't it? yeah well my only my only criticism it was too short it was yeah. it was just too short yeah and what the second part of it what it reminded me of was merry christmas mr lawrence by richie sakamoto oh yeah it really it really thought oh that that's got it's not the same music ah. but it's really had that vibe to it yeah great and film I think, as well oh yeah brilliant film and yeah. uh, uh and the music you know it does tear you up when you hear the merry christmas mm. mr lawrence um um uh, forbidden colors sorry um that's that's the track Right. Um, so that's that's what it that's what it really reminded me of, and uh, I think I think when I spoke yeah. to Mr. Minimums, as we don't know who he is exactly, um, <laughs> he said this is this is slightly different, and it is very different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the other the other stuff he does very sort of ambient and, and lush ambience, um, but this this is quite more sort of filmic and cinematic, I think. But uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, why like it's sort soundtrack, of, yeah, 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 it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was just utterly Sorry, gorgeous. God. It really yeah. was. Um, and again, that, that lovely sweeping pad un- underneath. Um, I just loved every second of that. I, and, and as you say, I could have listened to that for another 
five six minutes on top of what was there it was just mm. so so beautiful yeah. so again yeah minimums thank you very much indeed for that uh, apologies for my jokes um uh, but it was superb and thank you very much and please do i think you like i think he likes them even though i still don't get it <laughs> you don't get it why I don't, don't you get, get it, it Martin? <laughs> you lift me up it's a small mum it's a small mum but you can't to lift it up. you're supposed to lift can't it up reach the top so what's Aren't the maximum they? then uh, well they could reach itself on their own ah. any assistance whatsoever and of course there are also small dads too let's just make everything nice and equal yeah. so you know let's just uh, not, not get into that area uh, right that was superb thank you very much indeed minimums that was absolutely brilliant so uh right we're going to move into an interview now we've got an interview with our very mm. own the filster it is the filster <laughs> it is the filster it's phil goodall yeah uh, we've got a fascinating interview about your time in the in the record industry phil and Let's not even preempt everything that's going to be said, but it's just, it was fascinating nah. and delightful, warm hearted, uh, and lovely to talk to you about your time um, with what you did. Let's just have a listen. This is Phil Goodall. After this, we're going to have a listen to Phil's Thank new you. song, uh, which is Bedouin Bedroom March, the Solstice Mix by Swirler Burner. So off we go. Well, we're back with another one of our fantastic interviews, and this time it's our very own co presenter, Phil Goodall. Phil Goodall, good evening. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you very much, Jules. This is very exciting, Phil, to be able to interview you, because a lot of people probably don't realise the history that you've got behind you. Uh, and we'll kind of move on to that as we as we get through the interview a little bit and start to learn about what you actually what you did and where you were signed and all those little bits and pieces. But what uh, I mean, how did you actually get into all this in the first place? What what, what was your motivation to actually start making music? Um well, just, just before I start, I don't know if I'm going to be as good as some of the esteemed guests we've had on before, <laughs> but um, hopefully um, I've got a bit of an interesting story, I suppose, and uh, and I think my message is there for all the people out there in the community that are, you know, doing their amateur work and what have you, is to, um, if, you if you fancy um, trying to progress, my story is just of plugging away at stuff, really, and, and then eventually things may happen, May not. There's a lot of luck involved. Um, certainly isn't talent in my case, but there you go. But <laughs> to answer your question, how I got into um, synthesizers in particular, uh, my passion, um, was when I was about, I think it was about 14 or something like that, and I went round a friend of me, Dad's, and his son was about 18. He said, um, oh, I've got this new uh, album. What do, you, right. what do you think of it? And uh, I said, uh, he says it's um, Tangerine Dream. Oh, he yeah. said, have you ever heard of them? I said, no, I've never heard of anything. He goes, well, they, they play a lot of synthesizer stuff and they, they make sounds like you've never heard before. So I had to listen to it and uh, there was a load of modular like, I don't know what album it was. It was around 1977. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of um, modular sort of... Um, arpeggios going on mm. and all that business and i just thought wow i really want to know more about how they make this sort of music sort of thing but um in those days there wasn't the internet yeah. or anything like that so the first thing i could do i was going down going to birmingham the only way i could find out about it was to go in a music shop right and and i literally asked if they'd got a synthesizer <laughs> that was it <laughs> and what did what was the what was the one that you actually saw in that shop? Do you remember? I think it was a Yamaha CS, um, a Yamaha CS five, right? Which um, now on the cover, I think of this magazine or something or an article he showed me, there was a Mini Moog, right, or Moog 
or mogas, yeah. the purists like to call them. And it's, of course, it's got that angled back mm. with all the knobs on it. Um, and I just thought, that's the sort of thing I want, you know, because the great big modular with all the banks of knobs and everything was just impossible, wasn't it, yeah. to even dream of then. Um, so I went into this shop, and there's this Yamaha CS5. And, of course, it's got the angled back, yeah. and loads of little knobs on it. And I thought, oh, and uh, the guy then demonstrated it for somebody far older than me who'd obviously got enough money to buy it. But I just stood there in the background, like, now that was it. I thought, I've just got to get one of them one day. So uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to get it on me flipping paper round money. So but... Could you, could you yeah. already play a keyboard at that point? No, but I had a, I had a thing about pianos. Right. So I could, I could tinkle a bit on the piano. And we had a piano at home, actually, an old out-of-tune yeah. piano. And I could play a little bit of basic stuff on that. My parents refused to pay for lessons, so I had to teach myself. Right. So I did. I was able to sort of knock a bit of a melody out on the piano before I even um, sort of got involved with the synthesizer. So I was lucky there. So, so, I mean, you fell in love with that one. Was that the first synth that you actually ended up with then? No. So I've spent forever going into music shops and stuff and just hanging around, dreaming of one day I might be able and having the occasional go till the shop assistant got cheesed <laughs> off of me and told me to sod off, you know. And uh, one day I was at a disco in Stafford and I had, on the way home, um, a bunch of rockers jumped me. Oh, really? Basically, knife, yeah, slashed me across the face, wow. tried to stab me in the chest, but they ended up stabbing me in the top of the head. The blade of the flipping um, pen knife bent back and God. cut the bloke's fingers on my skull. So luckily it had a weak sort of mechanism yeah. and it bent back instead of penetrating my skull. Anyway, cut a long story short, I ended up with compensation money from that. I think yeah. it was about 500 quid. And I just went straight down. <laughs> Walked up <laughs> to Birmingham <laughs> to get a CS5. But there they had a CS15 and it was on offer. Um, this was about 1980, getting on for 81. Yeah. I think they'd been out a couple of years, and I think it was they, they were discounting it. So I, I got the CS15, which is like two CS5s in one. Yeah. I mean, when wow. I got it back, when I got it back, <laughs> I think this is on my bio on the on the um, radio page. My mum went, well, I plugged it in. I couldn't <laughs> get a sound out of it because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But they eventually got a really weedy sound out of it. Um, through some headphones, yeah. and um, my mum had a play, and she said, it doesn't play more than one now, so it must be broken. I said, no, that's what it's like. She went, what a load of rubbish. How much was it, you know? <laughs> because there was a lot of money in those days. Yeah, absolutely. She went absolutely berserk. <laughs> but when I took it into my room, I was never off it. Really? I was off, yeah, I was on it every night. Looking about with it. I was fascinated by it. Have you still got it now? No, I sold it some years ago to um, the guy that was in Bizarre Inc., Andy Meacham. Oh, really? So, you know, playing with knives and that, that track, why waste your time? You know you're going to be mine. Yeah. You know you're going to be mine. He wrote, that, that was a number one, actually. Uh, I sold it to him. And Blimey. he's got it in his massive synth collection now. Really? Yeah, so, you, so your synth could have actually been on one of those hits. You never know. Yeah, I, I think it was after he'd had those oh, hits. Was it? He's, he's an act called um, Emperor Machine now. Right. And he's, uh, 
he's he's quite well. He's be worth an interview. I've asked him if he'll be interviewed, but he's not yeah. replied yet. So right. Well, if, if he's so watching. Come on, get on with us and yeah, we'll do a quick interview with him as well. Well, that's brilliant. So and it's nice that that went, but what was your next step up into since then? What was, once you sold that on, did you, did you buy a different one or? No, I kept that for many, many years. Yeah. It was quite late on. Um, it was after, after I'd been, uh, obviously later on we found I was signed to Factory with a band. Yeah. I, I, I sold that, but I, I collected some other synths along the way. But the biggest thing in those days that, transformed the synth because none of them had effects on i got yeah. a little um spring reverb unit was the next thing i bought yeah well it did, i didn't buy it somebody lent it me a guitarist and i plugged me um me cs15 through it it just took it to another level right just a spring reverb it was absolutely brilliant and then i got access to a um a roland monosynth called an sh09 yeah, and immediately I got that. It didn't look as good as the CS15. It was, a, it, and, but I was blown away by it because the filters would self-oscillate and do that whistling. Right. Yeah, the CS15 won't do that. And uh, I thought, oh, I wish mine would do that. So yeah. <laughs> I just gradually got more and more into into it, and I started buying the magazines. You know, like yeah. um, Sound on Sound came out in the early eighties, and um, I can't remember what the previous magazine was to that, but that's where I learned all about filters and, um, yeah. you know, the different techniques with the synthesizers. So, yeah. so, so what was the, I mean, obviously that then led into being in bands and all the rest of it. So what, what yeah. was your first band and what was your journey into all that? The first band I was in, um, I was with this, a friend of mine called John Mottershead, um, who, uh, was one of these kids who spent all his money on gadgets. <laughs> so uh, he, he bought a Roland SH-101, yeah. and a TB-303 baseline, yeah. original, yeah. Uh, a, a TR-606 drum machine, Dramatics, I think it was called then, an MC-202, which was like a, an SH-101 in a little format, sequence of formats. Yeah. And uh, then I had my CS-15, and uh, we got in with a bass player, um, and uh, we were called Step Two. That was our first band. I used to joke we were Step Two and Son, you know, like the <laughs> like Step Two and Son, because we were a bit naff. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that so that was our first foray into yeah. being in a band, and that didn't last long. Then I found out one of my mates I went to school with could sing. Right. So we ended up in like a synth duo, but then I ended up bringing in um, Mark Meddins, Mark Hacken and Meddins, which is, is usually on the um, Pulsate radio feed as Sensian. Ah, right. Sensian. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So that was the second band that um, we were called CUC Me. Right. And he came in and he got a Juno 6, which I still think oh, wow. he's got. Really? I think on his last his track that he played on, on Pulse 8, hmm. he was using the Juno 6 then. And he came in, he got all sorts of ideas with fifths and sevenths because he could play proper chords on yeah. it. I don't know, we, we only did one sort of a, a tape together, about hmm. four tracks, and then we did a gig together. I don't know why it fizzled out. I think it may have been da me down to being a bit... Um, I got used to working on my own with my mate, yeah, and Mark coming in, 
um, I was a bit immature because when I look back after, I thought some of the best early stuff I ever did was with Mark Meddings. Really? And all the stuff I learnt off him because yeah. he's a very knowledgeable bloke. Um, he does all that stuff where he gestures with a watch now to, uh, or, you know, different controllers to operate oh, his modular gear. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you I just, yeah. Yeah, he's I've a really seen, yeah. talented guy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a real surprise to get back in touch with him. Yeah. And then so, not long after that, yeah, yeah, I ended up in a band with uh, our very own Andy Peggs. Right. Was in it. But it was nothing to do with Sintry. It was more of a yeah. funk sort of band. Right. Um, called Jump for Joy. Right. Yeah, so that's how I, how I knew Andy Peggs. Blimey. So where did that lead on to then? So you did that with Andy, but I, I'm, I'm starting to get into the, not that that stuff wasn't exciting, Phil, but we're starting to get into the really exciting stuff then, I think, are we? Yeah. So what happened was I went back to eventually just being with me and my friend as a synth pop duo. Yeah. And uh, at that time it was all the rage, you know, and we got an interview with um, for a contract with... Um, Virgin Records. Right. And we went down to Virgin Records and everything, and they were all set to sign us, but we hadn't got a manager. Right. And then this other act, and I can't remember who it was, another act who had a manager pipped us to, they got really? budget for another act. Yeah, they pipped us to it. It was neck and neck between us and them. And because they got a proper manager, they got the they right. got the contract. So I thought, I'm through with music now, because we're spending all my money from work. Yeah. I was, my life was on hold. My girlfriend was fed up with me, you know. <laughs> I thought, I've got to do something. So I, I applied for Nottingham University and right. got in on an engineering degree there. Now, the moment I did that, this guy, a friend of mine, Matt Tedstone, he'd been in the recording studio and uh, had done a demo, and he was complaining how long it took him to do the drums because he hasn't got a drummer. And I got a yeah. good, really good Roland R8 drum machine. So I said, I'll do the drums for you. And it turned out to be the Adventure Babies. Right. And then we came, we, we went on then to do a live set. I ended up doing a, an album demo with them, hmm. programming the drum machine, basically, and doing a little bit of keys. And then we ended up doing a live set in front of Tony Wilson, the head really? of Factory Records at the time. Yeah. In this lad, that his name was um, oh, Danny Macintosh. Mac I nicknamed him. He always wore... wore um, like um, Reeboks, so that I nicknamed him the Reebok Jock. But <laughs> we, 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 we ended up doing this live performance in yeah. the living room with uh, Tony Wilson sat on the floor with Blimey. his girlfriend or wife. She was Miss UK. Right. So it's like after his first marriage. And uh, we finished doing the set and he um, stood up at the end and he said something like, well, that was brilliant. Time to give up your day jobs. You've just got a record contract. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's amazing. Tony Wilson, yeah. So, and then we ended up signed to Factory. Blimey. But there was, I was only a small part of that because there was eight in the band altogether. Right. Which was a, a big, massive a, mistake. Well, that is a big old band, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's because basically everybody's mates. Just <laughs> Right. <laughs> the lad that run it, Matt, was was very generous and just and very sort of, you know, um, gregarious. Yeah. Just wanted as many of his mates that you could get to be involved. And there's some fabulous musicians in there, Roger Johns, who he uh, was like a. There was the two ex-professional footballers, really, that were brilliant musicians right. as well as being brilliant footballers. Yeah. Um, 
the the guitarist um, Eddie Morton, who's now a quite a well-known folk musician mm. and runs a folk club in uh, in the Midlands, and um, and the guy called Davey Av, who'd been in loads of bands for years, um, and we all just mixed together. Yeah, it was eight of us in, in all, and uh, created this thing, the Adventure Babies, and uh, got signed. So- so what was your, what 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 was the process then? Did you have to produce an album straight off, or do you, do you have to produce a single first, or how does it what happens when you actually get right, that? So, we, so you're signed, and then just like you're in yeah, it, then, well, aren't you? What happens then? We got a, an album's worth of material on the demo. Yeah. We'd already done an album's worth. Then we did a couple of more songs to add to it, so there was a more of a selection because those days you had about twelve songs on an album. Yeah. It was a CD. Um, and, and vinyl, we, we had some vinyl um, yeah. records as well, so you were restricted. And and then um, Factory chose a producer for us. It was Steve Lillywhite. <laughs> really? Who's wow. the pro- yeah, the producer for U2, yeah. Rolling Stones. Most famous for U2, though, um, The Lars. D- David um, Byrne, I think he did as well in Talking Heads, didn't he? Yeah, think. David yeah. Byrne, XTC. Um and he was married to Kirsty McCall. Oh, really? Right, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, so she was... I met her a few times through Steve. Yeah. Um, so that that was fascinating, yeah. So we ended up in a recording studio. We used a recording studio in, in Wolverhampton. Yeah. So instead of spending the advance, because then they advance you some money to produce the album, some yeah. of it goes to the producer. Steve Lillywhite was very generous and said he'd just take points which is right. basically money from the sales of yeah. the album. And so instead of going down London to a fancy studio or somewhere out in the country, we we bought a state-of-the-art mixing desk for the right. studio that we already used, Yeah, which was happened to be a masterstroke, the way it all turned out in the end, because <laughs> then we could sell that off to pay off our tax bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, look... <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that bit in a second then. So so you yeah. so you managed to produce the album then and actually get did that and that, that actually went into release then, did it? Yes, it did. And um first of all we, we produced a single which was the Narrow Boat EP. Yeah. Then there was uh, a single off the album, the first single which was Barking Mad. Yeah. And then the second single off the album was gonna be um Laugh which is a song that was inspired by myself because of my yeah. stupid laugh. So I was quite um, proud of that. But unfortunately, the single never got released. So the album did get released. Yeah. But the the first single got properly released. We got into the uh, um, indie charts. The first EP got into the indie charts very low down, sort of 30 or something. I yeah. think the, the first single off the album... Barking Mad got into the indie charts in the top 10. Right. And then the next single was pro- projected to proper UK chart, you know, yeah. mainstream chart, but it never got released. Why didn't it get released? Happy Mondays. <laughs> Bust the record company, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> when that they, went, they ended, the Happy Mondays went to, <laughs> yeah, they went to Jamaica and blew all their budget on drugs <laughs> and had no product for the company to sell. So, I, I, yeah. I, I actually didn't know that that was what busted Factory Records. So it was Happy Mondays doing that, was it? Yeah, mo- yeah, amongst other problems. Yeah. But um, what was funny was, because none of the, the acts on Factory had any 
had any um, contracts. Right. They had no official contracts. Really? Other than us. We were the only band on Factory <laughs> that ever had an official contract. And Factory was all very art above substance or money. Yeah. So they paid this artist, I don't know who it was, to create this contract, which was loads of paper sandwiched between two pieces of perspex, all bolted through, with the picture of a man tied to a post with some rope round his balls <laughs> and, somebody, and some woman tugging it. In other words, we've got you by the balls. That was their contract. <laughs> That's fantastic. So that, I, I, I don't know where it went because it must be worth fortune. Yeah, that. I was just thinking that that that's a proper collector's piece. That isn't it. Yeah. So, so you actually managed to get the 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 album out, two singles out, but just before the third single, uh, Happy Mondays went and uh, screwed it up for everybody. And uh, yeah, and so what? So, so literally, was that it? And plugs, pulls, that's it. No more. Just finished. Right, so we were ended up in the crap, so we got dropped by a factory because it went bust. Yeah. Then we were on Virgin Publishing. Because there's no product being released, they dropped us as well. Right. So we had one last throw of the dice. To We got another album's worth of material um, ready to go. Yeah. So um, we got, and we got a mixing desk. Yeah. That, which, was, which we bought for about 45,000 quid. Really? And then we sold... Wow to Ian Brodie of the Lightning Seeds <laughs> really? for 20-odd grand, plus, I think it was two weeks of studio time wow. in his studio in, in Liverpool. So I went, we went and nicked our own mis- mixing desk off our manager out of his basement of his office <laughs> with, these, with these heavies that we... <laughs> <laughs> that we knew from Stafford, or Dorman from Stafford. We nicked the uh, the mixing desk. It was ours anyway. Just the, the manager was holding it ransom. Yeah. We put it in the van, and then I ended up driving up to Liverpool with next to me and Brodie in his uh, Volvo estate. Right. And Ian Brodie said to me as we set off, hold on. He goes, are we stealing this mixing <laughs> desk I'm going to be buying? <laughs> kind of. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure he's re- he recorded um, three lions on that desk. Really? That we sent him, which is weird how it's all come round at the moment. Yeah. That would be extraordinary if that is the case. That would be absolutely amazing. So, so did, did, you, manage to, did you manage to produce the album then, the, the unreleased one, the one that you had the material for using... In Brody's studio and on the mixing desk. Yes. Yeah. And I can't remember what the working title of it was, but there was some marvellous tunes on it. We yeah. we did we we did about about 50% of the album. Right. And then by the time we'd finished, we were in the we were in the cart with with the tax man and mm. people had to go back to work. Yeah. And it just fizzled out. It was really sad the way it fizzled out. And there was a bit of it could have been a lot worse. There was the usual band falling out. Yeah. People going a bit daft, you know. So it was a classic sort of band story. But it, but, uh, it was good while it lasted. It was a good laugh. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just such a bit of bad luck, that, isn't it? Because you get that one stroke of luck where you actually manage to get that deal. You've got Tony Wilson sat on the floor, said, you know, come on, lads, this is it. This is your yeah. opportunity. And then all of a sudden, just through unfortunate circumstance, it all just vanishes again. That's right, yeah. But I was I was happy with because I've never been really motivated by money. Mm. I was always more more motivated by 
having something successful, you know, in the music yeah. domain. I would have preferred it, I think, if it had been a synth. If I'd have been, it'd have been me, you know, having done yeah. it for so many years previously to the Adventure Babies. But it was still fantastic to get their own album out. We met loads of famous people. Yeah. Boy George, which I think I told you. Yes. Um, and told us to F off. And, um, <laughs> we, 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 one of the best gigs we did, we supported the primitives in Sheffield. Oh, wow. Who on, on, the, on the bill underneath them was Pulp. Really? And then we went on just before Pulp, and below us on the same bill was Ocean Colour Scene. Really? Wow. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't get on to soundcheck because Billy Jarvis Cocker wouldn't get off the stage. Because <laughs> you, you have supported... We had a big row with us. Sorry. <laughs> you have supported quite a lot of people as well, haven't you? Because you, you supported Boy George as well, didn't you? Which is where he told us you F off. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, he wasn't top of the bill. I think Oceanic, oh, Take really? Me Into Insanity. Yeah, I yeah. think that was top of the bill. Um, who else have we supported? Oh, we're City, we played a massive... Our second gig... Our first gig was in the Hacienda. Yeah. First gig really? we ever played wow. with the band, yeah. And the second gig was at Cities in the Park, and we, we supported the Buzzcocks, the Pet Shop Boys. Wow. Um, Electronic, the Happy Mondays. Loads of top... Um, 808 State, which really? was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And we could get we could get in the hacienda for nothing and yeah. go straight to the front of the queue, and they just let us in, <laughs> which was ace. Oh, I absolutely love that because everybody goes, "Who's that lot going in?" <laughs> and one night I went into the I went in the hacienda and I was sat down down in the chill out room, and this Eskimo walked in. This this girl, striking girl in an Eskimo outfit. Anyway, I was looking at her. She came straight over and she sat down so close to me. Her leg was touching mine. Yeah. And I just I just thought, oh my God, it was really intimidating. Anyway, I got up and had a drink. I thought, shall I speak to her? And I thought, I was too scared of her. <laughs> so I got up and had a drink, came down, came back, and she came back and sat down next to me again. And then she disappeared. And I thought, oh, I wish I'd speak, speak to her now because she was so unusual, you know. Yeah. And uh, just then, one of the other members of the band came in and said, hey, guess who's in here tonight? I said, who? He says, Bjork. No. I said, who's that? Because I didn't know who she was. He <laughs> says, lead singer of the Sugar Cube. She's recording with 808 State. Oh, my God. And he God. said, she's wearing an Eskimo outfit. I go, she what? <laughs> you got flirted with by Bjork. Yes, in the way she flirts, which is scary <laughs> as hell. <laughs> that's amazing what a journey though Phil that is just brilliant and you know to meet all those stars and, and support those bands that's you know that, that's a dream for people that is to, to have an experience like that and it might have been short-lived but as you say what an experience to have had I mean yeah the message I'm trying to get across is to all the younger people that may be out there who, who fancy trying to make it somehow in the music biz or whatever is the, the main thing you can do is stick at it yeah. Take every opportunity you can, collaborate with people because you never know what links they've got and just yeah. stick at it and see where, where, what happens. You know, it doesn't always work out, but that is the main way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Talent only gets you so far. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's just grabbing those opportunities. We, we, when we spoke with Dominic Hawken the other week, he said exactly the same thing. So this was just pure chance how he managed to get a lot of the stuff that he got and just taking that opportunity when it's there in front of you. So as you say, if an opportunity comes along, just grab it with both hands. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but it might. You just never know. Exactly. So get involved with all the stuff like Andy Peggs is doing, your EMOMs, yeah. your, your Only Human gigs, um, network get to know people and um, you never know. And, and even if you don't make it in a, in a you know, what's the measure of it? If it's money, money if you, even yeah. if you don't make it money-wise, if you just make it by getting a bit of a, a play on, you know, a famous radio station or something like that, yeah. it's all been worth it. It all makes it worthwhile. Absolutely. Or even just getting it played on, on Pulsate Radio. You just never know. You just never know where exactly. these things come to. But again, it's surprising no. the people that actually listen in to the show. You know, we've got some 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 fairly well-known followers within the show now, uh, and it's surprising how again people listen to this stuff, and you just you just don't know what people will pick up and take away with them. So it's um, yeah, it is always worth having that um, having that opportunity in front of you and just keeping your, keeping your ears open to it. And of course, Phil, you're our co-presenter on Pulsate Radio as well, and it's an absolute pleasure having you on there and somebody with your experience on there. Because there's another example. How the hell did it <laughs> And the, the thing is, it's, it's I got back in touch with Andy Peggs. Yeah. And then he was doing previously the Only Human radio stuff. I came up to Chester to see a couple of um, Only Human nights, which were fantastic. Mm. And I thought, and then I got involved myself um, by joining the Facebook community and then getting involved with the couple of Only Human albums that yeah. uh, um, Matt has um as Matt Garnett has been producing. I'm hoping to do one for the next album if, it, if it's uh, good enough to go on. And uh, sure it will. And then from that, um, I, I stood in for Andy one day because he mm. hadn't got enough time to do a bit of editing on the show. And then here I am. And then here, exactly. And then all <laughs> of a sudden it's come, you, it? it's come full circle. Yeah, yeah it is amazing. And uh, yeah. yeah, it is great fun doing the show with his offer. But I just it's been just fascinating just hearing about the history of that. I knew that you'd been in the Adventure Babies, but I didn't know the full history around it. Uh, and the, um, well, just the, just the unfortunate circumstances that actually ended up in the end. But it's been an absolute fascinating journey. It really has. And anybody who's listening out there mm. wants to chat with Phil, just join us on the Facebook page. We're all very friendly chatting Absolutely, people. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I'm sure Phil wouldn't mind you picking his brains just about anything he's done in the industry previously. So anyway, Phil, it's been an utter pleasure Thanks. as always. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Phil Goodall. Thank you, Jules. Always the cons consummate professional. That's what I like to say about you, mate. <laughs> Don't about that. <laughs> Cheers.
Okay. So we've gone into that, out of that, we've gone into your song, we're out of your song. Okay. <coughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. Ah, Phil, what a lovely interview that was, and what a fascinating mm. little tour of like a, an interlude into the record industry back at that time, which was a heady time. You know, that was really quite an extraordinary yeah. time to be in the music business. Yeah, well, I think the message that I wanted to get out there is keep plugging away at what you're doing. Perhaps if you're our age, it's going to be a bit more of a struggle. But if you're a bit younger, just keep at it, keep collaborating, keep joining in with people. You never know what, you know, it was an mm. interesting time and it, it, it is exciting to be part of a music business. You never know what opportunities are going to arise. I mean, who the hell had known I'd end up on here? <laughs> There's an, you know, <laughs> so just keep going. And yeah. keep, it's all downhill from now, Phil. It was real. Genuinely fascinating, that really was. Entertaining, fascinating, and a, a lovely, just warm, I don't know, like a, a little tour through that period of what was going on then. And I just loved the bit where you mm. nicked back your big mixing desk and all the rest of it. It was just awesome. And then, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. anyway, I've listened back to the interview. It was so mad. So it was your, your, it was your fault that we got uh, Badil and Skinner and uh, Three Lions. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was superb. And then we moved into your song, which was a brand new mm. song as well, Phil, the Bedouin Bedroom March Solstice Mix, uh, which was awesome. And I yeah. hadn't actually realised, because when I list, pre-listened to all the songs before we did the show, I didn't realise that one was yours. Uh, and I, I just I just to give him a quick bit on it, I just wrote down an amazing bass and lead on there, and it reminded me of something, and I just couldn't work out what it reminded me of. But all I could think to say was just turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, because it was just mm, yeah. absolutely superb. It and was groovy. Also, it was really groovy. And I also wrote down because yeah. I couldn't work out what you'd made it on. And I because I didn't know it was yours, I'd written down an electrive. I thought that'd be made using an electrive because it was a sound I recognized ah. from when I had an electrive, thinking, I'm sure I know that sound, and I think it's the electrive doing it. But I don't think it was because you haven't got an electrive, have you? No, I used to have an electrive, and it might have had off the the uh, the drum electribe right. uh, like a low bass drum but where the sound was off was a yamaha dx 200 which ah. was like the yamaha electribes ah. and it's like a, an fm that <clears throat> yeah that bit exactly that bit yeah. what was the drum was kit a, um that was a mixture i think of the electribe and out of the door right okay so um yeah i sort of uh, synced it up to the door and and I've got the drums where um, I've got a marching band kit. And I thought, this is good. Not really heard much about marching mm. band stuff. And, and then when it come on, it sounded a bit naff. And I thought, I want to make it um, danceable, but not as, ob not as obvious as a doom, 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 yeah. doom. So I wanted to make like a unique rhythm that felt danceable. And well, uh, in the end, that's what it come out like. My ah. my, compar my comparison with the uh, the rhythm was um, is going to be a bit of a weird one, but it's Beyonce. Uh, single ladies put a ring on it. <laughs> ah, yeah, because they always say, say that. Yeah, God, it's got yeah. that. It's got that. So that you know, that's the beat that she yeah. uses, or that, or or very something very similar. You see, every time yeah. you say something like that, Martin, and you do a comparison, everybody goes, oh, yeah. As soon as I do it, it would just go silent and stare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to, so we, we and Phil think he's got to take some more tablets. He really does. 
That's right. <laughs> but it was an amazing. So what did you do with the, um, the, the, what was the bass line with? That was just like a sub bass. Right. Um, out the door, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because again, the bass line was great. On it. We've had it. I mean, there's been loads of songs tonight with great yeah. bass lines. And I love the bass line in that one as well. It was amazing. It was slightly offbeat. And I was going to correct it all. I thought, no, it sort of fits in. So I left it as it was. It is slightly out of, out of beat. But it again, sort of works. It, but exactly, that, that added to it. And you could hear that it was slightly out, but that just added to the whole, yeah. I don't know, feel yeah. of the song. But it was a great piece of music. And how long did it take you to put that together? That went together pretty quick. You know, it's one of them. Yeah. I think about two or three days. I've got right. the full idea of virtually the first sitting because it, it's not a very complicated tune. So, um, like, the, the what I'm trying to do now for... Um, yeah, only, um, human, only right, human... Only Human album three. Right, yeah, three. God, I'm, I'm having a hell of a game with it. <laughs> but, uh, you could never tell, can you? See, what, you what, yeah, and I, I threw something together. In one. Uh, I've done anything for... Uh, months out and I put something together last night it's not quite finished but it's the, the basics of uh, p- uh, p- bones bone structure of it is, is there but yeah. yeah it's just how it goes isn't it sometimes it happens doesn't it it just yeah. comes to you and yeah. that's one of those yeah. tracks it does it does and I, yeah I, I think all three of us are actually submitting a song for that one um, uh, mine mm. is my yeah. usual yeah. effort of trying to chuck something together going yeah be all right that'll do and then chucking it in <laughs> and everybody going oh, it's all right yeah so anyway we'll see uh but, but you never know it might be a classic i think your sound sounds a bit your sounds a bit like susie and the banshees i think ah, <laughs> yeah what was it called again bust is it it's uh titties <laughs> in the dust was it titties in the dust titties in dust that was it Brilliant. that was it honestly you too <laughs> that's it you're incorrigible. Right. right. Okay. Right. Thank you. For, Phil, that was an amazing interview. Thank you very much indeed. And a superb song afterwards. Uh, again, so uh, Phil, you're mostly on SoundCloud, aren't you? So if you're going to have a search up of that, have a look yeah. at the SoundCloud stuff. Of Phil. Yeah, we'll expand later at some point. <laughs> indeed, I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, now it's, it's time for... Martin's monster, monster, monster. It's called Gantua, 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 Gantua. Yes, that's right. It's Martin's monster. Yeah. It is. It's a whopper. It is an absolute whopper this oh. week. So I tell you what, we'll just we'll belt right into it, and then we'll have a chat about it on the other side. But this is Martin's monster. This is Matt Watkins two four three zero.
Well, Martin's Monsters delivered once again. Uh, that was Matt Watkins' 2430. That was just utterly, utterly awesome. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, it's hard to tell now. The piano synths are so good now, it's hard to tell when that's actually a piano being played or whether that's a synth being played with a piano a sample inside it. Yeah, it it's, it's amazing because it sounded yeah. so yeah. much like a piano. It is absolutely astonishing. Yeah. I, use, um, I use Native Instruments, The Gentleman, which again, is a, it, it's sampled mm. from real pianos, which it, it's just absolutely awesome. Anyway, mm. I'll stop rambling on. Uh, Phil, how did you find that? Well, it was wonderful. I like that. Uh, great start. I imagined I was in Willy Wonka's glass elevator going up and up and up, you know, into with the vermicious canids and all that business. And then it's like, goes into um, like, Prog rock, stabbing chords, mm. uh, pink, very Pink Floyd at the start of it, yeah. but like going a bit more Mike Oldfield nearer the end. But I found it was interspersed with these little blips of electronica. Mm. So it's got a like a past future feel to it. I thought it was a fantastic track. I, I love anything with a bit of musical structure. Um, as well as your repetitive sort of thing. So it was a real nice, um, especially after my repetitive track, to have a, a well-structured sort of orchestrated track. Very and good. And again, there was there was some lovely, like, choral vocal pieces in there as well, which were quite extraordinary that popped in occasionally. Uh, but the whole thing was just, uh, yeah. just yeah. as a piece of music, was massive. It was just absolutely huge. Yeah. Really well, um this this was a I think Matt Stiddle he he tagged me in a in a post and said this right. this is great and I so he tagged me and I listened to it I thought yeah it is great um, and it's right up my street you know mm. and I've been chatting to yeah, to Matt um, he lives in Abergavenny uh, down in uh, uh, the Brecon Beacons um, yeah and he's very door based I th- I said well twenty four thirty what is it half past midnight he said no he said uh, he had a he had a dream and uh, he was being asked by a TV presenter about it and said about his track twenty four thirty then he woke up and thought that's a good title for a track and that's it so there we go yeah i i mean i mean heard i mean the 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 uh, wonderful sort of uh, proggy synth solos fantastic. Hints right. of Tangerine Dream, Moody yeah. Blues, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Mike Oldfield thing, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but but orchestrated beautifully, and um, yeah, and it, it is for adored. That's 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 uh, the beauty of trying to make for us people who do uh, door music is to try and make it sound like it's real. Yeah, and he boy has he done that. Yeah, absolutely. It's trying yeah. to humanise yeah. that, isn't it? I mean, you, sometimes yeah. you have a humanised setting. So in machine, you have a humanised setting. Yeah. So once you've created, you know, if you've created a, like a, 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 a sequence or anything like that, you can try and humanise mm. it where it'll just move things about a little bit. So everything's just slightly off the beat, just a mm. little bit. So it actually yeah. sounds like you're playing it. So whether that's been put in there or not, yeah. I don't know. But again, uh, just a fantastic piece of music. Absolutely superb. Well, that, um, I mean, it was that was over eight minutes long. But it didn't feel like it at all, did it? Yeah. Just, Gosh, no. Yeah. I just wandered yeah. through and you just get lost in music like that. It's just fantastic. Really is superb. Cool so again, is trap. That, yeah, absolutely. So is that, is that, uh, is that band camp again for Matt Watkins? Uh, it, well, not in the moment. Um, okay. I, you can find that. You can, I think if, um, um, if you Google him on, on um, uh, YouTube, I think you can find him on YouTube, but he is planning a, a couple of albums. I think he's a singer songwriter as well. So I think he's trying to do, like a, a man and guitar sort of a um, singer-songwriter type of album, yeah. plus an instrumental album. So I think you're going to see some things going on Bandcamp soon, hopefully. 
Okay, superb. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you very Brilliant. much indeed, yeah. Matt Watkins. Send some more stuff through. We would love mm. to have play more Absolutely. on the show. Absolutely astonishing. We've got another of our uh, classic stalwarts on the show now, uh, and I've been looking forward to this so much for weeks since I we, we preempted this one um, coming up a little, a little while back, I think, didn't we? We said that we had this title mm. coming up. Uh, so uh, let's just announce it. Let's, um, let's, well, you, you've got to do your mantra first. Uh, testicles, tentacles, wallet and watch. Um, it is the amazing ten- Dr. Tentacles. This is <laughs> Werewolf scum.
Testicles, Tentacles, Wallet and Watch. It, that, that was the amazing Dr. Tentacles. Absolutely mm. astonishing piece of music. Werewolf scum. Uh, oh, I just absolutely... To me, that felt like... I've never had LSD. If I'd have had LSD at some point in my life, that, <laughs> that kind of felt like the experience it possibly would be. Wouldn't you say, Phil? Come on, surely. You've, had any, you've been in the music oh, industry. You know this stuff. 100%. I mean, I've never touched the stuff myself. But, you know, talking to people that were close to me in the music industry that were as high as a kite, they just sounded like they'd been listening to Mr. The Amazing Dr. Dr. Tentacles. Tentacles, yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and, and there's another one that comes out with some fabulous titles, Werewolf yeah. Scum. And it's sort of, you can imagine it in this, uh, in this track that he's done. It's like a warfare machine gun drums that yeah. start and then they come in yeah. and out and they're like but then it builds a rhythm out of it as well and uh, yeah. you can imagine people being shot coming up like werewolves or whatever zombies and stuff like that um yeah it's fantastic and then at the end it all slows down and I can imagine them the sun coming on the werewolves faces and them going oh turning back like scrawny human beings like me scrawny well it was like it was like track it was like martin's classic sinister tune that he needs to chuck chuck in somewhere or that within the evening oh, and at yeah. the end it was, it like, was the, yeah the way that ended oh, God, it was like was i'm it. melting i'm melting it was like it was like just me, brilliant the me, end in there help was that me. yeah <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> superb and yeah. it, because there were certain points in the song where there was just like a sudden, there was like not a sudden change, but a beautiful change in the song, which changed the whole feeling and aspect of it. So like yeah, about one and, minute, and you, 57, two minutes, there was a change in there, which is right. where you, the machine uh, yeah. came in. A new beat yeah. came in. Uh, yeah. So it changed, yeah. it changed yeah. the complete complexity of the, of the track. Yeah. Which mm. was just brilliant. Yeah. And again, like at three minutes 30, um, it turns into like a, I just, I just wrote down a living, dreaming, hallucinating nightmare of visions, which was just a <laughs> thoroughly enjoyable yeah. experience. But again, that's where the LSD kicked right yeah. in. Come on, Martin. Yeah. Wonderful weir werewolf weirdness from Artenti, I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, 80s horror film. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, I got yeah. that, yeah. As well, I just, I just spotted what I wrote down. I, I, I picked up like um, one bit of it, the sound in it, the synth sound reminded me of Teletubbies, vacuum cleaner, <laughs> Nunu, on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Nunu on crack. <laughs> Amazing. Dr. Tentacles. Uh, there's, there's something I can't, I can't unsee there. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, again we love anything by dr tentacles and please do send some more in but if you want to listen to more of that on the internet where can we go is that is that a band camp special again well it's uh if i read this right it's yo dr tentacles at dot bandcamp.com yo yo super he's, he's brilliant isn't he dr tentacles i'm a big fan oh, yeah. he's yeah. uh, amazing absolutely amazing and he's brilliant even the messages he sends us and when he sends his emails through they are all very dr tentacles yeah, he's, he's in a lair somewhere in texas he's, yeah he's just God, brilliant. Yeah. so let's all do the mantra together yeah. testicles tentacles wallet and watch Let's just watch some more of uh, Dr. Tentacles. Absolutely superb. Thank you very much indeed for sending that through. We would love to play more. Yeah, go on, Phil. Do you think he's holed up with Nash the Slash somewhere? Oh, my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, but Wendy Nash we were the, the Slash and Dr. Tentacles. Yeah, we, <laughs> Wendy Wu and the Plasmatics. <laughs> Could you imagine? 
That's brilliant. Sorry. We've got to move on from tentacles. Tentacles, oh, tentacles, tentacles oh. Phil. Tentacles. Tentacles. <laughs> super. Right. Okay. That was super. Thank you very much. Oh, my goodness. It's our last song. I can't believe it. But mm. what a song we have to finish the night off with. It is absolutely astonishing. So, again, we'll just jump straight into this and we'll jump out the other side. So, this is uh, Etherwood in stillness. Surrounded by silence I've uncovered the truth The calmness around me Has answered my youth To be here in stillness In the absence of sound
Wow, that was Etherwood in stillness. What an astonishing piece of music. Beautiful chords in there and the slow attack on those chords as well. You know, when you, you, can, you can hear it when you press the keys and the, it was just absolutely lovely, wasn't it, Phil? Oh, yeah, absolutely beautiful. This was, shouldn't have favourites, but I, I absolutely love this. I found it emotional. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, it also some choral sounds in there that I'm sure he created himself. They weren't like um, off-the-shelf choral sounds. I think he did it with his own voice and, and yeah. what have you. Um, and then it's, it's just uh, the drum and bass. It all makes sense yeah. in this track. It all made sense to me. He's, and his voice, um, he's got a lovely voice. So It's beautiful. Uh, but Martin, Martin's got a bit of technical talk, I think, about drum and bass and, and what well, have you. I got into Ether about um, I wasn't I wasn't a great fan of drum and bass, but obviously hmm. uh, got some pendu- pendulum, which are you know they do dubstep and drum and bass. Um, but this this is called this is liquid drum and bass or liquid funk um, is, is 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 the other the other um, genre name for it. So this so when we talk about drum and bass, we're looking this the, the BPM is about one sixty to one eighty BPM, but this to- sort of drum and bass, liquid drum and bass is more ethereal, more atmospheric, beautiful, you know, uh, and he is just one of the best at it, uh, at this genre. And there are other, there are other people like NetSky, London Electricity and Calibra who are other in this, this sort of genre. Hmm. It's not like that, the really heavy drum and bass that you yeah. do here, which is, which is brilliant as well. But so um, I thought, I thought it quite interesting to actually sort of talk about, you know, what we perceive as uh, uh, genres uh, and and the, what the BPMs? I mean, I mean, if you go and look at dub, that's yeah. apparently that, that's sixty to ninety BPM. Right. Then we go into hip. Then we go into hip hop, about hundred uh, sixty to hundred BPMs. That's quite a wide range for hip hop. Yeah. House goes from one fifteen to one thirty. Uh, techno trance, normal sort of uh, dance to a beat, so one twenty to one forty. Yeah. Dubstep. 135 to 145 BPM, and then we come into the drum and bass. That generally, you know, the the fastest BPM of all, of the electronic uh, formats for uh, genres, and this and obviously this that falls into that category. Absolutely, and it, I, I love a bit. I, I, I say I love a bit of drum and bass, and I'm desperately mm. trying to look on my phone to try and find the album I really like. And I'll find <laughs> it in a minute. That's why I was looking down, uh, so I could just say who it was. But I can't find it in the second. I'll find it in a second. But we were just talking before as well, and I was just asking the guys as the, the track was playing, and just saying, "Well, have you heard the drum and bass that David Bowie did?" Because David Bowie did a. I, I, mm. I think it was an album, or it might have been just like an EP. Uh, and I think he might have collaborated with somebody, and I'm pretty sure it was late '90s or very early 2000s that um, he did a think, uh, he did a, like a drum and bass thing. Wasn't it Wasn't it Goldie who really started the drum and bass movement back in sort of like uh, 20 yeah. years ago? Um, yeah. But uh, but obviously that this if if you um you know we we, we could talk hours about uh, electronic genres and how they yeah. split off into all sorts of subgenres. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, you know, you start somewhere with a, with a, with a format and obviously you go back, you can go back to house music, which obviously yeah. comes from, uh, 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 Chicago, I think originally, but, uh, but then it all splits off into all sorts of subgenres. But yeah, so, yeah. but yeah, so m- maybe what, um, he might've got together with, uh, her Goldie music and, uh, uh, but yeah, as I say, drum and bass generally is quite a hard, uh, hard beat and, uh, not so melodic. This is this is melodic yeah. drum and bass. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, drum and bass. Yeah, it was very lovely. It was lovely, and this is why I like drum and bass because actually, quite a lot of drum and bass starts off very. And I didn't know this was going to kick into drum and bass until it actually jumped in there. Oh, I found it. It was Danny Bird. It was the guy I was looking for. It's D A N N Y B Y R D, and the album right. is supersized, and that's right. why I love drum and bass. Danny Bird's superb at drum and bass, but uh, this was brilliant. And I also look up that David Bowie one as well. But as a piece of drum and bass as well, Etherwood in Stillness. That's the first time I've heard of them. It's the first time I've heard a track from them. But I am mm. definitely going to listen to more because that was just. It was beautiful, so subtle at the beginning, kicked into the drum and bass exactly as it should be. It well, was absolutely superb. Dig out uh, his debut album. It's got a track on uh, Begin by Letting Go. Right. And it's a beautiful piece of music. Um, Marianne, I, I did the backing track for Marianne when she, she's, she's performed, uh, do solo, and she's performed it as well. Because yeah. it's, uh, say, it's, you, you, you know where you are with Etherwood because you know, you know it's going to come. Generally, you know, the beat comes in very slowly and gradually. Yeah. Uh, with all that ambience and then phase out again and comes back in again. That's that. I mean, that's his like raison d'etre. Yeah, it was super. Mm. Absolutely yeah. beautiful piece of music. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Uh, right. Okay. Well, do you know what, chaps? We've actually reached the end of the night. What a very, very sad situation that is. Yeah. Uh, certainly for us, because I've thoroughly enjoyed myself here in the Caribbean. Wow, that's gone so quick tonight. That's extraordinary, really is. Uh, far too quick for me, far too quick for you guys. Hopefully not, uh, well, mm. hopefully far too quick for everybody else as well. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Let's just have a quick rundown of what we had tonight. We're going to have a quick whiz through. So here we go. So we started off the night with I Break Horses Faith. What a bass line. What a piece of music. That distorted main, absolutely amazing. Then we jumped into our very good friend, Johnny Diamond, a new romantic on Love Street. And what a new romantic he is. A singer-songwriter, mm. a one-man band, a superb musician, all round Johnny Diamond we love you my friend uh, Romnim 3 Dark Machina Digital Fuhrer Replicating Robots Sleep um, that was just something utterly awesome nobody else spotted Gary Newman in there apart from me for some reason or the great bass line again but it was right up my alley uh, number 4 we moved into Mini Mums can you lift me up uh, Hiatus uh, and then uh, well again what a fantastic song have a listen, another listen to that think about Susie and the Banshees Cities in Dust that I'm sure it's in there somewhere or maybe it's just me it usually is but what a fantastic piece of music that was uh, and then we moved into Phil's interview. Phil, what a lovely insight into the music industry and your uh, your fame and your success and all the rest of it. it was just absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much indeed for that. And then we moved into your song, Bedouin Bedroom, March, Solstice Mix, Swirl of Burner. Uh, and listen to more on SoundCloud. What an astonishing piece of music. That also was another bass, another great bass and, and another great lead. Doesn't matter if I've gone or not, Martin. I'm still here. That's all that matters. I'm still rambling on. Uh, then we went into number six, Matt Watkins, 2430. It was Martin's Monster. And what a monster it was we had piano synths which was so so good inside there that beautiful pad um, massive tune absolutely great fantastic vocal pieces in there absolutely superb uh, right then we went straight into number seven which was uh, testicle tentacles wallet and watch it was the amazing dr tentacles with uh, werewolf scum what an astonishing piece of music that was i absolutely love the amazing dr tentacles that was fantastic and then finally we finished off with etherwood in stillness what a wonderful piece of music to finish the night off with on this beautiful summer's evening. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's never a chore. Have you enjoyed yourselves? No, never. Uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Lo loved yeah. it. Great. It's a great honour to select this fantastic um, selection of music. It really is. And Martin, yeah. you've done an absolutely outstanding job. Mm. Uh, really is an astonishing set of music. And again, once a week... 
we should also just make sure that we always thank the people that actually put this music through. We bookended it with some some yeah. pro artists in there, mm. but the ones in between were just people out of the community. These are just people like the rest of us that just create a piece of music and then place it in and say, can you play this, please? And what an astonishing mm. array of music. So we know the hard work that goes in. We know the amount of time and effort that goes in because we do it ourselves. And they are, um, and, they, and they're sending them to us. So it's, it's great. We've got, you know, we, you know, it's making my job harder to choose uh, what goes into the next week's show and so on because they're coming through. Fantastic. Exactly. Absolutely. So, Martin, Brilliant. if they wanted to send the song mm. through, where, where would they send it through to? Uh, Pulsate radio at gmail.com. What's that email address again? Ah. Pulse, that's P U L S 8. Just got that right. Pulsate radio at gmail.com. Thank you very much indeed. Superb. Uh, Phil, uh, I'm sure you'll be getting questions about your amazing uh, time in the music industry. What a fascinating interview. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, Always it's brilliant. Nice to see you, Phil. Phil, do you want to give us the first big yeah. goodbye? Tororabit is the same Wolverhampton. Tororabit. It's a lovely one. I'd give you nine for that. Uh, Martin, don't let yourself down. Nostar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much, indeed. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.